Thank you both very much. Do you remember a few decades ago, following that remarkable drama of Apollo 13? During which one of the most famous phrases ever spoken was spoken from the astronauts on board Apollo 13. Those words were, as you well know, Houston, we have a problem. Well, friends, the human race has a problem. Because the world in which you and I live is not the world that God wanted it to be. Only this last few days we have seen those horrific stories from our own land of the number of murders through gunfire of young people. We're becoming a gun culture country. We see the rise and booming business of internet pornography. We see countless examples of famine and drought. We see babies dying from disease. In infancy. This world is not the world that God wants. It is not the world that he wanted it to be. Equally, human beings are not what God wanted them to be. We are as we are, displaying in our nature selfishness, self-centeredness, dependency upon things which will bring suffering and death, AIDS epidemics that are self Inflicted, unforgiving natures, the ease of being negative and critical. This is not the kind of humanity that God wanted. How much the world and the human beings are so different from the one that God created. As we read the creation story in Genesis, we see that through the days of creation, there came a point at which God had brought into being all that he wished to bring into being. And God said, it is good. But today it is not good. 
Today we have examples of good in the world, but we also have examples of evil. And many, many people since the early days of humanity have been grappling with this central question, why does God seem to allow evil to exist in the world? Why do we see so much pain, so much suffering, so much tragedy? Why does he allow it? Some people have concluded that God is too weak to do anything about it. Some people have concluded that God doesn't care anymore. And so he just leaves people to get on with their own disasters. Still other people conclude that God cannot possibly exist. To be perfectly honest with you, I have to say that I do not know fully the answer to that question to my own satisfaction. It is one of these areas that I have to simply trust in God through what I do know because he has revealed certain things to humanity through the word that we have heard, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. And so, when we begin to look at evil and why it exists, let us say straight away that none of us knows the answer to this. Paul himself, writing in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7, speaks of the mystery of iniquity as the King James Version records it. The NIV speaks of the secret of lawlessness. We do not know what the origins of evil are. They predate the Garden of Eden. But what we do know through God's word to us in the Bible, is how that dreadful evil became a part of human nature. We see an encounter in the Garden of Eden, this paradise, this perfect place that God had created. And he said to Adam and he said to Eve, all this is yours. The only thing I ask you not to do is to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But as we read through the story, 
we see Satan in the guise of a serpent coming into the story. And he appeals to the pride in Adam and Eve by suggesting to them that by eating the fruit of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, they can become as great as God. He deceived them. And we know what happened. The temptation was too great. And so that forbidden fruit was eaten. And in that moment, the Bible tells us, sin entered the world. And sin entered the human race. Because Adam and Eve are the fountainhead. Of the human race. And therefore we are all descendants of Adam and Eve. And we inherit the rebellion that they began with God. Within our own persons. And this is a frightening thought. And many will claim that it isn't true. But I believe it is true. And I believe God has chosen to show us that it is true through his holy word. I say again what I said a few months ago. In order to understand more fully the things of God, we have to understand the truth and the reality of the existence of Satan. The Bible tells us a lot about Satan. We know that he is a fallen angel. Jesus himself, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 18, says this. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Probably mentioning that event before the dawn of time. Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Satan is the prince of darkness, the ruler of this world. He is the one who is responsible for our capacity and nature to be evil and sinful. And this is horrific. And so we think on. And we think of what this means for us today. Here, now, in England, 2007. In your life, in my life. What does this mean? As we look at this whole Nature of sin that came into humanity through the actions of Adam and Eve. I believe it is helpful to think of it as a disease. Sin is a disease. 
that all of humanity have. Every single one of us has this disease. If you think of the common cold, that is a viral disease. And what happens as a result of that viral disease, while we have it, is that our noses run, our eyes water, we start sneezing, we start coughing, we feel weak, because these things are the consequences of the common cold. They are, if you, if you like, the expression of the common cold. And if we think of sin as a disease, let us think of sins as an expression of sin. Sins are that, those things that come out of and as a consequence of our disease of sin. And we cannot do anything about it within ourselves. Paul again, but this time in Romans chapter 7 and verses 13 to 17, he says this, I do not know what I am doing because the good that I want to do I do not do. But the evil that I do, I do not want to do. And that is one of the most profoundly sincere, honest statements of anyone in the Scriptures. And I say to you, I'm not going to talk about you, I'll talk about me. I know that what Paul said about himself is true of me. I want to do good, but I don't. I don't want to do evil, but I do. And I can't help it. It is not possible within me to do anything about that. No matter what the philosophers and people of other faiths say, this is not possible for the human being. Because as Christians we understand that everything that we are is dependent upon God. And only He can deal with these things, not us. And so if we think of sins, these are the Thoughts that we have from time to time at least about others, about circumstances and situations. Jesus himself makes it very plain that the very thought of something which is against the nature of God is a sin. We don't even have to commit it to be sinful. The very thought of it is sinful. 
And the words that we speak are often words which bring suffering and hurt and injury to others. And this is awful. These sins of thought, word and deed are awful. And the truth is that sin doesn't even stop there. We need to embrace also an understanding that it is sinful that we do not do certain things. That we do not say certain things. That we do not think certain things. Because if you and I were perfect, as Jesus alone was perfect, then every thought, every word, and every action that we displayed would be the very nature of God and would be wholly within his nature and purpose. And so don't just let us think about what we do. Let us think about what we don't do. Are we encouraging when we've been critical? Are we bridge building where we've been divisive? Are we being encouraging when we've been discouraging? Have we been lending a hand when we've been distancing ourselves? This is the human condition. And we need to be aware of it. Believe me, this is not an easy message for me today. It really isn't. And if this were all that there was, then there is no hope. The hope begins next week. But for today, we need to be very serious about sin. The human condition. And if we just, and I'll finish with this, just very, very briefly mention three enormously important consequences of sin. They are these. Firstly, it was never God's intention. Never, ever God's intention that you and I should die. Death was not in the mind of God when he created this world and when he created Adam and Eve. Death is the ultimate consequence of sin. You and I should be living together forever and ever and ever. That is what God intended. But we knew better the moment that we fell for the temptation of wanting to be as clever and as great as God. Secondly, a major consequence of sin is that we become separated from God. 
Again, this is not what God intended. God intends you and I and him to be like that. To have fellowship with one another. And experiencing the full joys of true family together. But that separation exists. It is called sin. And that separation needs dealing with. And thirdly and finally, I would say this. Do you notice from the scriptures what Adam says to God when God asks him, have you eaten of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do you read what he says? What Adam's reply is? The woman gave it me. Now, it is funny, but it isn't funny. Because you see, in that statement, we see the introduction of division. Why people are separate. Why there is so much going of your own way. Division is the absolute opposite of unity that God wants. And so as we reflect each day of our lives on our own Opinions and ideas. Let us remember that it is not God's wish for us to be the instruments of division. It is not how he wants us to live our lives. And that division in this world is black. And white is rich and poor, is full bellies and starvation, is wonderful relationships and loneliness and brokenness. These divisions have been created by us. Now let us look to blame God. This is our doing. Praise God for next week, which I wish was now, where we could go on to see that in spite of all the sin in the world, one thing is true, and that is that the love of God is far greater, far stronger, and can transform and change our destiny and our destinations. So let us begin to think of that love as we stay...